Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Chat Pad Podcast. Woo! Everybody give a round of applause. So, today for our inaugural episode, we decided to talk about something that I think about kind of a lot because it was a little bit insane, and it was kind of a big part of my childhood growing up on the internet, was Coney 2012. Eben? Are you familiar with Coney? Um, yeah, I kind of have the same background as you. Coney 2012 was like, just like a weird internet thing that just popped out of nowhere. I mean, I just randomly saw the YouTube video because it had like crazy amount of views at the time. And the first thing I noticed about the video, Reese, is that it had like a great focus on like Facebook and how social media is like impacted like the early 2010s like social media in general yeah okay okay well for all you listeners out there we're gonna kind of deep dive into coney this episode is gonna be broken up into two parts first part of the episode is gonna be evan and i kind of going over our notes because we watched coney 2012 together last night and it was just as insane as I remember it. And we both took notes. I don't know what Evan wrote on his notes, and he doesn't know what I wrote on mine. Um, so we're just gonna kind of go through the whole video. And then the second part of the episode is gonna be what happened after Coney 2012, because I feel like there was absolutely no coverage about what happened afterwards. It was just kind of this thing that happened, and then everybody moved on. Nobody cared anymore. Just a little, like, I don't know, I guess maybe possible trigger warning for this episode. It talks about child violence. It talks about violence in general. So if you're a little squeamish to that stuff, you can stop listening now. We won't be offended. And yeah, let's jump in. Are you ready? Yeah. So the first thing that the video jumps off with is like this sort of montage bit of like just earth and satellite images and video footage he says like this is gonna be a social experiment yeah the first thing that like weirded me out is like december 31st oh yeah it, it talked about yeah that was like one of the big things it was like this movie expires on december 31st 2012 don't even think about watching it after that and, like, the first three minutes is just, like, introduction. And it's, like, just, like, a overdone hook. And it's, like, it refers to, like, the audience as, like, a 27-minute experiment. And it, the whole video didn't even really focus, like, on Coney. And that's what's, like, disappointing about yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like as the video, which was the whole point of it, was to try to get people to care about Coney. I feel like it did a horrible, horrible job, especially looking at it, like, in a 2022 lens, like, a lens 10 years later. It just really did not do a good job. It also has, like, these weird, weird statistics in it, like, that he just randomly mentions off the bat. He has a video of his wife giving birth to his son in it, like, a full-on childbirth video at the beginning, which was just weird exposition to begin with. It's almost like it's just, like, a video shot for, like, cinematography <laughs> reasons and not actually, like, Coney or, like, yeah. his promise towards Jacob or whatever. Like, this was a film student film. This was something that would be done at, like, a college. Yeah. And would get probably, like, 
a C. Yeah. I don't think it would get a good grade. And mentioning Jacob, so Jacob is a child slash, like, teen that our narrator and, like, filmmaker, who I just cannot remember the name of at the moment. Oh, Jason Russell? Thank you. That's the filmmaker. So Jason Russell did a lot of work in Africa as his, I don't know, I guess, like, as an undergrad or maybe a graduate student, and he met this teen named Jacob who is an young African boy who's going to school and he has had some very traumatic things happen to him he had you know his brother was killed by these troops uh the LRA which is part of Coney's whole tribe group thing that's going on and um he's basically fleeing from Coney and trying like trying to make a better life for himself. He knows English very well, and he befriends the filmmaker, and we kind of see, like, the lens of what Jacob's going through. But it did tread the line of white saviorism quite a bit, especially on the filmmaker's point of view. I wrote that down a few times. Yeah, and the first part of the video, I had to come back to it, but it felt, like, very, like, pseudo-intellectual, like... Yeah. Almost to the point of like like I what I'm doing is one hundred percent right and no one's gonna stop me. Oh, and also like I think the name of the organization they were trying to stop was the LRA. I just have mm-hmm. that in my notes. It actually stands for the Lord's Resistance Army. I found that out when I was doing my research. Um and it's basically just like a resistance group in Africa. I want to say Uganda, but I'm not 100% sure which portion of Africa it's in. In my notes, I literally put, who the fuck is Joseph Kony? Like, I feel like in the video, we're barely introduced to who Joseph Kony is. We just know that he has the hugest bounty on him. He's the number one, like, target in the world or whatever. And then, the weirdest thing is when Jason makes his promise to Jacob, he's like, don't worry, like, I'll do something about this. Like, I'll stop the bad guys or whatever. It feels, like, very corny and very cheesy. It's so corny. This whole movie just, it's very, I don't know. Like, I know that I'm supposed to be rooting against Coney, and I am. Like, I'm not, like, pro-Coney or anything, but... It just seems very, like, I don't know. I just don't like the way the film was made. And especially since it's supposed to be, like, a PSA type thing. Yeah, because Jason's answer to Coney is literally, let's raise money and lobby politicians into forcing, like, intervention or, like, for the United States to basically, like, be imperialistic like usual and like force ourselves onto another country to like stop whatever we think is bad yes that's a huge part of the film is like him becoming a political lobbyist and creating the invisible children group which is actually the one that ended up producing the film making all the action kits which we'll get into later and the bracelets and all the merch which i'm excited to get into we're basically starting to get introduced throughout the film to them going to Washington, them lobbying these politicians to get their stuff on the floor. 
it actually does re- like lead to congressional action, which we'll also talk about later in the podcast. I don't know. The whole thing was weird. It was very... He used a lot of, like, save the children rhetoric and, like, look at my child, look at these children, look at the children, save the children. And, like, what politician isn't going to be save the children? You know what I mean? What politician's going to be like, nah, let's not save the children? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's, like, it's a situation that everyone could agree on, like, yeah, it's bad, but... The call for action might have not been as effective as it could have been through a lot of like how like dumb the video was made or like how it was created to like look almost like superficial yeah and can we talk about how many montages there were in this stupid fucking movie there were so many montages <laughs> or just like the like old school like 2012 music that's like i can't stop so their big campaign was i think it was called stop the night or cover the night or something like that something really corny and cheesy like that where basically everybody was supposed to go out and charge the streets and put up posters and stickers and make everybody aware of coney and just get every politician to bend at the knees and just stop Coney in his tracks, right? So there's, like, multiple montages throughout this whole movie, and they're all cheesy. One has Mumford and Sons. The other one has, like, a dubstep song. It's just insane. And the whole thing is that it's supposed to be everybody gets up off their ass and moves and gets Coney under siege, like, quick. If the whole world knows, where can he hide? That's basically the whole premise, because, like, it wasn't just the United States that was getting involved with the whole Coney thing. It was other countries trying to create pressure. But it, at the end, like, the Invisible Children thing, like you were talking about, it just did not work. And Invisible Children is still around. It's still, like, a organization uh, that does work out of Africa. So, I mean, it's still making change, but it definitely doesn't focus on Coney as much anymore. It focuses more on getting education for African children, like for impoverished communities, which, you know, it's good. I like that. Like, who doesn't like that? And, you know, good on them. I'm glad that they're still doing stuff and not, they weren't just like a little fad thing. Yeah. So, let's just go over Cover the Night, because I think that's the biggest thing that this whole thing wanted you to do. So, they had these boxes they were called pledge boxes and they came with posters stickers a t-shirt and two bracelets that had like stop coney and it came with a little special number that you could log and like do all this stuff evan was actually like how much do you think that costs and i found out it cost thirty dollars for the box thirty dollars for so you got like a bracelet you got a poster you got a t-shirt. Like t-shirt. Well, you got two bracelets. One you could give to your friend. You actually got multiple posters, but basically that's all you got. And so, what do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about the boxes? Well, most of it was definitely just going to, like, the organization, of course. But, like, the funniest thing is that my last bullet point of the whole, like, video is that they say, like, oh, it's worthwhile. Like, it's worth... It's worth every $30. I mean, $30 in 2012 after a recession? That's a lot of freaking money. 
yeah. for a poster, for some paper and some bracelets. Because 30, like, actually, like, thinking about it, like, I mean, I'm a college student and all, and I don't have, like, that much income, but $30 to spend on that kind of, like, that's kind of... And it maybe costs, like, two or three bucks to, like, produce in a factory. Yeah. So, this is the three things that they want you to do at the end after watching the video. They want you to sign the pledge online, which, you know, easy, sure. Two, buy the bracelet, buy the action kit. And then three, they want you to donate. So, even after you bought the action kit and everything, they want you to donate some more money. Which, you know, whatever. If the action kit didn't cost $30. Yeah. And this Cover the Night campaign was supposed to go over all the major cities. It was just supposed to completely outshine everything. Except it didn't. Evan and I were talking about this the other night, too. There were apps. I don't remember any posters. I don't remember any stickers. I remember seeing literally two in our hometown. Literally two posters. And we were, like, going out that night, and I was super excited. I, like, probably told Reese in the car, I was like, oh, maybe we'll see some Coney 2012 posters. And I literally only saw one hanging up, one or two, like, I, while driving. I remember telling my dad that I wanted to go and cover the night so badly, and he was like, what are you talking about? And looking back now, it probably wasn't good for a 10-year-old child to be out there on the streets trying to get people to care about Coney, but I remember I was so into it as a kid. Like, we live in a pretty decently big city, like, near San Diego, so just the fact that we didn't even see anything was kind of weird, and I always wondered. The, the whole thing seemed like it was targeting kids into, like, trying to, like, have their mommy grab their credit card, grab their mommy's credit card, and buy this little box. The whole video talks down to you like very very kid-like and almost like a normal adult probably would not care about that video and yeah it's definitely targeting younger kids and like at the time like college students young adults you know kids that you know more willing to give their money to that especially he even says at one point like people donated like young people donated what little money they had it's like, okay, like, I guess. What happened post-Coney 2012? Dun-dun-dun. Insert thunder effect. So, post-Coney 2012. This is stuff I haven't told Evan about. So, the documentary overall got a lot of mixed reviews throughout the American press. It kind of, you know, it didn't flop because it became super viral. But it also got a lot of criticism for oversimplifying the whole conflict, which is what we kind of have been talking about as we were watching the video, is that it was super oversimplified. Like, we did not... You didn't hear anything really about Coney. No. the Like, the video is literally 30 minutes long, but it only contains a solid 5 to 10 minutes of footage that's actually shot in Africa. Yeah, the other portions of the video are, like, his wife giving birth... His his son like playing around. Playing. I there's literally a point in the video where there's like his kid is filming something and it's like an explosion. Like <laughs> they're like they're in a grocery store and they're shopping and it's a literal missile going at someone. <laughs> like that really shitty video editing 
apps that you can just like launch missiles at people from the early 2010s. And like, there's the whole part of him showing his son Jacob and like showing his son Cody and being like, this guy's bad. This guy's real bad. And like, it's almost like a kid's react. That it's like, <laughs> oh, it's it's really bad. It's really, really something. After the video was, got some mixed reviews. Like the oversimplifying thing, just the whole, you know, I don't know. It just got very mixed reviews. Uh, some celebrities took it up. Oprah Winfrey really latched onto it. I think so, Ellen, right? I don't know if Ellen did, but just like a few celebrities here and there picked up on it. Some random politicians picked up on it also. You saw a few random politicians in the video too that I never heard of that were taking it on also. But nothing really caught fire because, you know, this whole idea of slacktivism, which is something that I learned. A really good article in Mick written by Shanur Survai. I'm so sorry if I butchered that name. But it basically mentioned, you know, Covered the Night, how they had bought the $30 action kit and they didn't go out and cover the night because they were scared because nobody else was doing it. Oh. And so basically like slacktivism is just doing the bare minimum to make yourself feel better. I think slacktivism is like a thing that we need to shift away from because like with a lot of modern issues for people fighting against them, it's like you see on Instagram like, oh, like I donated to a cause that I cared about, but in essence, like, you don't know where that money's gonna really go to, for sure. And also, it's like, that is doing the bare minimum just to make yourself feel a little better. Yeah, that's true. It really doesn't It do doesn't anything. make a change. Like, if you really want to make a change, you would be truly, like, out protesting or being, like, civilly and, like, disobedient towards something. I feel like that's more productive activism. Which is really why I think this whole thing failed in general, because I think that Invisible Children as a whole just assumed that everybody was going to go do it. Like, they didn't they didn't really host events or anything. They didn't really, like... It was almost like a ghost campaign or, like... Yeah. There wasn't, like, an actual big community attached to it. Mm -hmm. It was almost like everyone that was a part of it felt invisible to each other. Oh. Ooh. Um, also there was an incident in 2012 as well, it was a little later in 2012, where the filmmaker, what's his name? Jason. Jason something. Russell. Jason Russell, yeah. Um, he was in San Diego, our hometown, and he was, I believe, naked and... In France, world, or... Yeah, basically he was having like this public breakdown over all the stress from the PR stuff. His PR team said that it was dehydration, malnutrition, things like that from just being stressed out. A lot of people think it was his reaction to the negative press. There's a lot of rumors going around or that went around about it, but it definitely hurt his credibility as a filmmaker for sure. Yeah, I don't think we're hearing anything about him in this day. Yeah. Or his wife's probably making all the money for his kid now. Congress also passed a resolution allowing the U.S. to help stop Coney. Woo! <laughs> I don't think that that really did much since Coney's still out there. He hasn't been caught. 
it's been 10 years. No real signs of him being caught anytime soon either, which is super unfortunate. And I think that kind of goes and speaks a lot of volumes to how this entire campaign went because he's still out there. And I feel like they just completely gave up on the whole thing after they got a little bit of negative criticism. Yeah, you know what? For this podcast, if you don't like Coney, please write to your congressman. Yeah. Yeah, write to your congressman. Say like, hey, I know this was like 10 years ago, but Coney still needs to be stopped. And maybe the United States could do something about it. Maybe they cannot. But the thing is, we don't have the answers. Yeah, because this this film did not really give us any answers. Didn't really give us anything. You know, if you want, go research Coney and see what he's done. He's he's a bad guy, for sure. He's definitely a bad guy. And I wish that this film did a better job at explaining why he's a bad guy. They did an okay job. Like, I know he has a lot of kids made into militants, but what are, what are those militant kids doing? Yeah, that's the disappointing part. Like, I personally can't explain what his army's doing of kids. And I've probably watched the film like three times. Yeah, or you probably watched it even more as a kid. Yeah, so, and the fact that I just, yeah, like that's just so random. But yeah, write your congress person, write your representative. They mentioned that in the film too, that, which I actually thought was a good thing that they mentioned was to write your congress people and to get out there and be active. Activism's good. Go, go activize? Uh, eh. Eh, maybe. <laughs> so, is that all that happened after 2012? That's pretty much all that happened. They released a second film called Coney 2 or something like that. It got not as good of critical acclaim at all. Or like any traction. Because yeah. I, I didn't even know about it until you said it right now. Yeah, I didn't know about it until I saw it on the Wikipedia page a few <laughs> hours ago. Oh, wow. So we haven't watched that yet. We might do a follow-up episode. Who knows? Ah, Coney 2. Coney 2, the sequel. Or wait, what's the... No, the Cheetah Girls go to India. They don't go to Africa. I don't remember. It's been too long. The Cheetah, Girls, Cheetah Girls 3, they go to India, not Africa. Sorry. Just ruined my whole flow. But uh, yeah... I think that's pretty much it, unless... How do you want to wrap this up? I don't got anything, except make sure to stay safe out there, and um, enjoy the rest of your day, and if you honestly made it to the end, I'm shocked, because an average listener probably can't. Thank you. Yeah, go, um, go get naked, and uh, go, go to SeaWorld. Yeah, for sure.